Hello and welcome to the Turning Signals podcast. You're riding solo with Liam today, that's me. Unfortunately, Zoe, my wonderful co-host, is unwell. She's come down with the virus which seems to be sweeping across our southwest here at the moment. She is, of course, in good spirits and no doubt with the new moon energy on Monday, she'll be back fighting fit and ready to record a whole new episode later next week. In the meantime, if you're hankering for more Turning Signals content, please head over to our Patreon. It's over at uh, Turning Signals Podcast Patreon, and you can search that um, in your search engine and it will take you over there. Right now, though, I'm going to give you my election summary. The Progressive Purge. So I'm going to discuss now what happened in our federal election. The Teal Independent phenomena and the swing away from the Liberals. I'm going to discuss what I think this means and provide some analysis on the independent candidates who have scored those swing seats. I'll also go through some electorates and provide a few numbers for our information. And finally... I'll have a look at some of the positives that will come from this new progressive government and, of course, things that we should watch. So, quickly, uh, we had 20 seats swing away with just one of those swinging from Labor to Liberal, nine seats swinging from Liberal slash Coalition to Labor and, most interestingly, seven seats swing from Labor slash Liberal over to independence. I'm not going to go into detail on all the swinging seats, but I will have a look at all the independents and um, have a look through their policies and positions so we can gain a bit of an insight into how this new parliament might kind of lean on the hot, the hot topics such as net zero slash renewables, uh, healthcare reform, manufacturing, and of course mandates and the coming pandemic treaty. Uh, I'll start here in Western Australia with the one seat which swung to independent, the seat of Curtin. As with all but one of the swing seats which went to independence across the country, this seat was formerly a rusted-on liberal blue ribbon electorate. Curtin is as blue ribbon as Western Australia gets, taking in suburbs such as Cottesloe, Peppermint Grove, Nedlands, City Beach then extending inland to Doubleview, Jollymont, Mount Claremont and Caranup. So in a close contest in Curtin, we saw Kate Cheney, independent, elected here with 51% of the overall vote. Now Kate appears to be an almost absolute example of the teal independent, which can simply be defined as a former Liberal candidate who holds conservative fiscal policy but has green views on climate. So that's kind of a definition out of the Guardian. I would add that these Teal candidates, they also hold progressive social views and a lot of their campaigns were around equality, inclusivity, etc. So if we have a look at Kate Cheney's website, she lists four priorities. Real climate action, uh, with no mention of deforestation or regeneration for that matter. 
integrity and corruption, inclusivity, and a future-focused economy. Kate's plans for real climate action include 50% CO2 reduction, subsidizing renewable energy over fossil fuels, and making electric cars more affordable. So those kind of policies, corruption, inclusivity, and equality, future focus, that kind of thing, uh, we can kind of extrapolate that across all of the teal independents. Um, which I think there's six of them. All those candidates essentially kind of campaigned on those issues. Seems to be that these upper middle class, multiple homeowner types really seem to be concerned with those issues. Um, as we will see, if we continue on to Victoria, in the seat of Goldstein, which uh, I have heard referred to as the Jew Belt, taking in suburbs such as Beaumaris, Brighton, Caulfield, and Elstonwick. These are properly affluent suburbs. Um, similar trend. We've seen Zoe Daniel elected there on basically the same things. Um, anti-corruption, inclusivity, equality, climate action. In Kuyong, same kind of result, but we can kind of celebrate this one because that was, again, a very much rusted on liberal conservative seat. And we've seen former treasurer... Josh Frydenberg ousted from that seat. Josh is absolutely going to be found guilty of corruption and theft um, to the order of many millions of dollars under the forthcoming ICAC investigation. But we'll get to that later. So it's a significant change in Kuyong. Um, Josh was ousted to be replaced by independent Dr. Monique Ryan, who's a pediatric neurologist. Um, she took seat there with over 53% of the overall vote. Kuyong's proper blue ribbon, um, very high end. We're talking Turak, Kuyong, South Yarra, Hawthorne, Paran. Same trend here, people voting for um, the ending of fossil fuel subsidies, anti-corruption, equality, diversity and inclusion. Um, Dr. Monique lists healthcare as one of her priorities. If you click on that on her website, she talks about mental health increased funding for mental health and uh, local medical manufacturing, which uh, it's a win for Daniel Andrews and his vaccine factories. In New South Wales, we saw four seats swing to independence. Um, those being McKellar, suburbs such as DY, Palm Beach or Summer Bay, as you may know it, uh, Narrambeen and French's Forest. Stunning real estate, absolutely just the most gorgeous part of New South Wales. Again, Wentworth swung over to independent, uh, and that's basically the most expensive real estate in Australia. We're talking Rose Bay, Paddington, Bondi, Kings Cross, Clavelli, and North Sydney as well had the swing to independent. Suburbs such as Kirribilli, Lane Cove, Mosman, Wollstonecraft. That's pretty meaningful. I mean, possibly the first time that we see those suburbs being held by independence. It, some could argue the change is revolutionary or, I mean, it's meaningful. In addition to those seats, we see Fowler, which absolutely sits at the other end of the socioeconomic scale. Uh, we're taken in ghettos such as Liverpool, Lansvale, Villawood and Cabramatta within Fowler. So all these wins are significant. Um, within the Blue Ribbon electorates, people have basically voted 
for members who stand for anti-corruption. They want to see justice done. So they're politically aware. That's good. They want to see equality and they want to see token action on climate change. So these are, you know, proper contemporary moderates. Fowler, however, is a little different. Um, was taken from liberal Christina Keneally by Day Lee or Dai Lee. Um, apologies for the pronunciation. Uh, Dai seems to have run on proper locally focused populist ideas such as improving local infrastructure, boosting jobs by way of manufacturing, increased funding for hospitals and disability services. Um, also, she wants an increase to the pension. So very popular kind of policies that she's running on. And these are proper working class, like Western Sydney issues. Uh, no mention of anything around you know, mandates, um, health policy beyond kind of extra funding for hospitals, etc. Very quiet on the uh, freedom front from Daily. So we'll have a quick look at some numbers, um, actual numbers voted for in the Senate. So I'm pulling numbers from the AEC website. They have a super clear breakdown, very easy to use website. So if you want to check out how your state or electorate voted, just go over to the AEC um, website, super straightforward. Um, but I'm just going to give some numbers here um, from Western Australia as an example to gauge the temperature. So we had ALP, 373,000 votes, 35% of the overall vote. Liberal Party took 334,000 votes, 31% overall. Greens, 147,000, 13%. One Nation, 37,000, 3.6% of the overall vote. The Australian Christian Party, uh, who I actually didn't see any, <laughs> that must be some kind of um, party that I don't know about, <laughs> Secret Society. Um, they took 23,000 votes, that's significant, 2.2% of the overall. Clive Palmer's United Australia Party with also 23,000 votes. Lib Dems, the Liberal Democrats, did very well, 20,000 votes, just under 2%. The Great Australia Party, Rod Cullerton, 11,000 votes here in Western Australia, 1.1% of the overall vote. And then the Australian Federation Party got 6,000 votes, 0.5% of the overall vote. So as far as freedom goes, in the words of self-described freedom fighter George Christensen, One Nation candidate, freedom got battered. I guess by this we might mean that none of the parties who stood for bodily autonomy and in opposition to how COVID was handled, made any real ground. And some parties conceded ground. One example of that looks to be uh, Auntie Pauline Hanson in her seat of Oxley, west of, out of Brisbane there. She's held that, uh, that seat for some years. Um, and in this election, it was highly contested by the legalised cannabis party. Bit sad for Pauline as she, she has worked tirelessly for her beliefs and Sure, she wants the best for the Australian people. I guess what she stands for is just not felt by her constituency, um, such as democracy. But hey, it could be worse. At least she's losing to a party with substance. And I mean that. 
Anyway, turning to some positives for the freedom movement, One Nation's Malcolm Roberts, as well as uh, Liberals Gerard Rennick and Alex Antic, they've all held their seats. Maybe we'll see the latter two move to independence where I think they belong. Christina Keneally, as mentioned, was also defeated down in Western Sydney there. It's a big plus as she has labelled the freedom movement as domestic terrorists. And she had the home affairs portfolio under the Morrison government, so we're definitely glad to see that turn to dust. Don't let the door hit you. Uh, Beyond these little wins, well, freedom parties, um, those being One Nation, Liberal Democrats, AFP, Inform Medical Options, Australian Values Party, in total they received around 12% of first preferences across the country. That's absolutely not insignificant and absolutely gives us numbers to keep up the fight. As we know, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance, according to Jefferson. And we must stay vigilant, continue to prioritise what's right for us and continue to build community. If we feel that it's right, we must warn others about the threats to our liberty and the threats from encroaching bureaucracy. To me, it appears we have some new members in the parliament who are genuinely concerned with the voices of their constituents. So we can build momentum on issues and see them carried into parliament. For example, we could petition to have a referendum on the pandemic treaty. I'm sure the majority of Australians would rather have health policy decided by our elected officials, not outsourced to a group with a clear history of failures and corruption. I'm talking the World Health Organization. It's just a matter of making sure the majority understand what's at stake. So it comes back to us and how we want to carry it forward. Broader positives. Uh, As the great journalist Michael West proclaimed, it won't be so sleazy under Albanese. This will be a more honest government. Anthony Albanese has previously voiced his support for Julian Assange and will likely face pressure to take that to a political level. And he should be more willing to do that. Uh, We're seeing, you know, in the next weeks, days, even the Biloela family, the Tamil asylum seekers who've been tortured for years by Peter Dutton and the Morrison government, they're going to be returned to Biloela with legal rights to stay in Australia. I mean, that's an issue that has been long overdue. So that's an absolute win. We're going to see a federal independent corruption commission and an investigation into the previous government. Some estimates put figures well upwards of $5 billion wasted slash handed over to the cronies of slash stolen by former members. Friendly Geordies do a really good summary on their YouTube um, video titled, if you go to their YouTube, it's the video titled The Liberal Party. But names such as Barnaby Joyce, Malcolm Turnbull, Josh Frydenberg, Voldemort, aka Peter Dutton, They're all going to have their days in court and that's going to be good to watch. That's important. Now I do get if, if you do, if you feel that those kind of, those little battles are ultimately kind of meaningless and won't affect us. Well, I would argue that they are, they are meaningful. That kind of corruption that we saw under previous governments that most people weren't actually aware of. I mean, that absolutely erodes democracy. Ultimately, we want to be able to trust the people who represent us in Parliament. But it shouldn't ever excuse us from the struggle and from participation. Now, that kind of corruption, it is obvious and it's obviously disgraceful. 
But there is another kind of corruption which comes cushioned in cosy language such as, quote, making it easier to see the doctor. By this we mean, of course, an expansion of the MyGov app as it evolves into a digital ID which will contain all our information soon to merge with our passport. This is a clear road to social credit systems. It's why we've got to remain vigilant and read between the lines. And if our neighbours try to warn us of a fire but we can't smell the smoke, perhaps we should trust them. To close, I want to leave you with two quotes. The first from Carl Schmitt's The Concept of the Political. Uh, here he's actually quoting from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. The second quote is from Hannah Arendt's Origins of Totalitarianism. What did they live on, said Alice, who always took a great interest in questions of eating and drinking. They lived on treacle, said the Dormouse, after thinking a moment or two. They couldn't have done that, you know, Alice gently remarked. They'd have been ill. So they were, said the Dormouse, very ill. Never has our future been more unpredictable. Never have we depended so much on political forces that cannot be trusted to follow the rules of common sense and self-interest. Forces that look like sheer insanity if judged by the standards of other centuries. It is as though mankind had divided itself between those who believe in human omnipotence and those for whom powerlessness has become the major experience of their lives. Thank you for listening, and let's stay powerful.